Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you want to learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and I'm on the journey to go from hip-hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. And I interview multifamily real estate investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Now, today, we are bringing back Derek Peterson. If you want to listen to a story, this is not the episode you should be listening to. We are talking about action items for someone that is new and then someone that, you know, maybe maybe is even a, a more seasoned investor and how we can really help push our brand and market ourselves to be the best version of ourselves in the syndication and real estate space. Or, you know, maybe life in general too. You know, who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but welcome back, Derek. Thanks for having me back on, Taylor. I really appreciate it. Cool. So, you know, I one of the, you know, I'm just going to dive right into it. One of the biggest things that I was worried about is like sharing my story. Because, you know, with starting out with zero money, zero experience, I don't think people would really want to listen to me. I don't really know how like I could build trust with people that have millions of dollars or people <laughs> that are, are trying to invest. So, you know, I'd love to just like get your take for someone that is new. Like, do you think they could start a, a, a platform or, or start marketing? Like what are, okay, hold on to that. Wait, what am I trying to ask? Oh, I think what you're trying to ask is, is if I'm new, does anyone really care to listen to me? Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we get this all the time, Taylor. And, and, and no matter what your, your product is like, uh, let's use Tony Robbins for an example, just because everyone knows who that dude is. Right. Tony Robbins has touched so many lives uh, across the globe and is, you know, probably when you think of motivational AmeriQuoting speaker, most people would say Tony Robbins, right? That's the guy he's, he's the godfather of that industry. So, and he created a platform, multiple platforms to be able to get his message out. And what a lot of people see is they see that end result, right? They see Tony Robbins now, right? So here's Tony, he's crushing, he's got 100,000 people in the stadium, all chanting, you know, screaming, jumping out of their chairs. I've been to these events and they are incredible. But the reality is, if you look at Tony Robbins' story, <laughs> the first time he ever, this is before podcasts, when he when he's doing the first ever uh, seminars that he gave, the first ever, we'll call his thought leadership platform to get his product and his voice out, nobody came. Nobody showed up. Maybe his second one, he had two people. His third one, he had four people. It was a slow go, right? I think a lot of us look at where Tony Robbins is now, and again, I'm using him as an example, as it's almost intimidating, right? It's almost intimidating because you're like, I'm not him. I don't know all those things. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a podcaster. I'm not good on camera, right? Who wants mm -hmm. to listen to me, right? I don't have right. nothing to say compared to Grant Cardone, compared to Joe Fairless and all these guys that have been in the industry forever. The reality is when Joe Fairless started, nobody listened to his podcast, <laughs> You know, when Grant Cardone started, no one listened to him either. You're just seeing the end result, right? So it's a very common feeling, this bashfulness to to want to try because it's like, 
you start to ask yourself like, okay, Taylor, if you're new to the industry, you start to ask questions inside, like, why would anyone want to listen to me, right? Well, the reality is people want to listen to you. And the beautiful part about putting out a podcast is that you don't have to know anything about real estate. The guests that come on, those people know a lot about real estate. So instantly you're providing value, right? You got, you, like you're a host asking questions, but the value is coming from your podcast, but it's not coming from you. And what happens is over time, as you have guest after guest after guest that's in the industry and in this space, you'll find yourself developing relationships with these people, right? You, you'll learn a little bit from this person and that person, and it opens doors and that opens opportunities. And also the greatest way to learn something is to teach it, right? So when the pressure is on you to be able to speak in an educated fashion about some particular subject matter, you need to you need to learn it, right? You, the pressure is on now. Right. And when you teach it or when you speak about it, like you do every podcast, you are, you are putting yourself in a position where you need to learn about it. So you're growing naturally by, by having guests on, you're creating a network, you're learning more and more about the industry. So while maybe no one listens to your podcast, let's just say that. And I know that's not the case, but let's say no one listens to it. It's not a failure. It's not a failure because you've established contacts, you've gained knowledge, and you've grown as an individual in the real estate space. And that's only going to give you and continue to be the launch pad for you to be successful out there. So hmm. a lot of people don't want to write a book. They don't want to start a podcast. They don't want to do these things because they're like, Who cares about my story. Your story is awesome, right? I mean, you, you know, from, from, from the, the hip hop dance world to this, I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. A lot of people that are young entrepreneurs that want to follow in your footsteps and you will have a following and that will be your following. Will you have the 65 year old multimillionaire that, that, you know, doesn't like hip hop music? No, that's not your guy. <laughs> right. But maybe you will. Right. Cause he, he listened to your podcast one day, connected with it, thinks, you know, sees you as a young entrepreneur and reminds him of him when, you know, he was young and, and his journey. And, and my point is, your story is important. People will connect with it. You just got to take the step, the step you've taken and just start talking. Just mm. do it. You know, just do it. Yeah. Inaction is, 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 is a cancer. You just got to just keep doing it. Just keep talking. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it, you know, because it, it can be a little bit daunting, you know, jumping into this and being vulnerable and sharing your story. Cause you know, I definitely had those feelings of, yeah, why would anybody listen to me? But, you know, that is one of the exact reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is so I can bring value to my audience. And I'll also just learn from them as well as I continue to move forward, no matter how, no matter how many listeners, listeners that I have. Uh, you know, I'm curious, though, is uh, aside from the podcast, let's say like somebody doesn't want to start a podcast. What is what are other ways that they can get their name out there and, and um, break into this industry? Yeah, so we, we definitely have a, a great number of clients who, who don't have the time, the capacity, or the desire to, to take on the task of, of doing a show or doing a podcast. And that's okay, right? We have, mm -hmm. I'd say probably half our clients fall into that bucket. So what we recommend is, well, rather than your platform being the voice of you out there, let's tap into other people's platforms right? We'll use Randy for an example. I know that's how we had the opportunity to meet, you, meet each other. 
Randy had no interest in doing a podcast. He's like, he's sort of a, he's a conservative uh, uh, gentleman that doesn't want to, uh, ha- it doesn't really have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. So with Randy, we said, you know what, Randy, let's go the other way. Let's get you on everyone else's podcast because you love talking about real estate and you have to get your voice out there. So worked with Randy to start to get on podcasts. And then what ends up happening is the more podcasts he's on, right? More people reach out to him for more podcasts. And he's just crushing the podcast game right now. And that's the way Randy's getting his name out. So the reality is syndicators are listening to content, right? While they're driving, that's a sophisticated group of individuals and they want to continue to educate themselves. So podcast is a very big part of the pool or the pond of attention to touch on the first episode that people are going for, for information in your space. So if you don't want to start your own podcast and have your own brand around it, then yeah, we just get you on everyone else's podcast because it taps into their network. So when Taylor goes on someone else's podcast that maybe they don't listen to yours, but they're that, they're that, they're a hip hop artist that can connect with you because you're from your background and you're sitting here talking about a deal that you're raising capital for, boom, you might get a call, right? Hmm. Because someone in their audience is interested in you, your story and can connect with you. So that's our advice, some of our advice, what I'd advise from at least a podcasting perspective. Other ways are our books. You know, a great way to cement yourself as a thought leader in the industry is the the second you write a book and you publish a book, you're an expert, right? It's a great (laughs) business card. And you may not be an expert or think you're an expert. And you could have somebody ghostwrite that book. But the second you are Taylor, author of Boom, 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 you've arrived, right? You're a published Mm -hmm. author now. And as a published author, you we could offer those books out to individuals as a lead magnet and as a way to kind of get our voice out there. So we can do a whole book tour and sort of a social media blast on the book to be able to get the attention of would-be investors as well. But I'm a big fan of voice and I'm a big fan of video and I'm a big fan of what you're doing here because it's a little bit of both because there's no better way to connect with somebody than seeing their face, seeing their smile, their eye contact, their facial mannerisms. Mm -hmm. That's 95% of communication. You know, that 5% is the words that are coming out of my mouth but people can see me and then go, oh, okay, he looks like a trustworthy guy or he doesn't, you know? Um, that's, <laughs> that, that's how the world works. So that's why I'm a big fan. So a lot of the marketing we do for our clients, um, if they don't want a podcast, we'll develop a ton of video for them, put it all over the website and use these little snippets of knowledge that they've produced and blast them out in social media. Hmm. That's another way. Do you ever get like a, a client that doesn't want to write a book or doesn't want to be in front of the camera or uh, doesn't want to start a podcast? And like, have you ever, uh, yeah, have you ever had a client like that that just like is very, very like close? Resistant? To yeah, very resistant. Yeah, and, and, and those are individuals that I'll be frank with them. I'll say, hey, listen, we can create a little ebook, uh, lead magnet, put it on your website, do email drip campaigns. We can do all the other things. But if I have no content to provide to the pools of attention to be able to bring people in, right? If you're not willing to write a blog, do a podcast, be in a podcast, do video, mm-hmm. then there's no way for me to get other people to know you, right? That's just the reality. And also there's no way for you to, as a syndicator, to establish trust with those individuals. If I don't see your face, if I don't hear your voice, if I don't see your content, I don't know who you are. So if I don't know who you are, I'm not going to give you money. Right. I mean, it's just the reality. If I can't trust you, if I haven't developed that digital trust, I'm just that that's just not going to work. 
So for those individuals who come to me with that, that feeling, that approach, and they've had a few, I'll tell them, hey, listen, we need to adjust your mindset on and understand why you're not comfortable and find a way to do this uh, and to find some lanes or ultimately you're not going to be happy with the results you get. And maybe we're not the firm to work with and you need to readjust and retemper your expectations. Well, I think too, with, you know, with marketing and being a marketing firm, it's a, it's a two-way street. Like you also have to, like no marketing firm or marketing agency is going to be able to provide the content that you want to do because if, if you don't know what content you want to do, they're not going to know which content to, to put out. And so there's that definitely that, uh, it need, there needs to be that mutual relationship and, and trust that, that you've been talking about. You know, I'm curious now then, so with the firm like yours, I feel like it's pretty popular for new people and then even also like experienced syndicators to go the VA route. You know, maybe it's a, a little bit cheaper in the, in their price point, right? Now, you know, I'd love to just like get your take on that. Cause like, I mean, it's, it, you know, I'm having trouble just asking, figuring out the, the questions I want to ask. So for somebody that is new, then that wants to start marketing themselves and branding themselves, would you recommend them to like try and do it themselves or find just somebody like super cheap and maybe have a really, you know, bad product? I'm almost said the S word, <laughs> a really yeah. bad product. Or would you have them just re like invest in, you know, a marketing firm like yourself and just have a really good product in the forefront. So first impressions are everything, right? Mm-hmm. So think of, you could probably, everyone who's listening can probably think of a product or a service that they would maybe someone recommended to them and they went to their website or they went to their social media page and it was, it was really bad. Right. So it wasn't captivating, right? So let's say I want to go get plastic surgery. I'm just making this up, right? So I want to go have a tummy tuck and I go (laughs) to, I go to the, 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 which I certainly don't need a tummy tuck, but I go to the, uh, I go to the website of the plastic surgeon that someone recommended. And it's just like, there's no information. Things are misspelled. It's not aesthetically appealing because I'm looking for an aesthetically appealing solution, right? So it's not captivating to me. Now, while that might be an amazing plastic surgeon, right? They might be one of the best. I'm going to make a judgment based off their digital appearance, right? Because when we're shopping for stuff, we're making decisions and choices based off how things look and how they connect with me. So there's a science and there's an art to that. So it's it, what stinks is like, you could be a very, very good syndicator or very, very good at what you do. But if your digital presence is lacking, when people go to check you out for social proof, as we'll call it, and it looks like garbage, people are going to dismiss you. Now, conversely, you could have somebody that's brand new in the industry, doesn't really know much at all, but has a, a, a banging, like just amazing website, amazing social media presence, podcasts, all that stuff, but they haven't, they haven't, they don't even own a piece of real estate yet. People are going to gravitate towards that individual more than they would somebody that has the poor website because of that social proof, right? There's going to be, there's going to, it's, it's, you, we start to make judgments, right? And you walk in and your, and your, and your dentist has busted teeth. You're probably like, (laughs) I don't know if I want this guy working on my teeth, right? If your hairdresser's, you know, hair is messed up. You start to, we start to think that same thing. If I feel good when I go research this individual, because you will get research, that's important. So I say that in answering your question to say that if I'm a new syndicator and I'm ready to make the investment into this business, 
you are making as a syndicator, most of them, you don't have a brick and mortar store, right? You don't have a shop or something like that. Your store is your website and your brand. That's everything, right? That's where people are shopping you. So people often look at it as an expense when really they need to look at it as an investment. Just like you buy a piece of property, that digital space that you're creating needs to be constructed appropriately. Could you put something and slap something up there as a placeholder? Sure, but make sure it's decent. Right. Because oh, I understand respect that people have limited funds and you can go out into some of the freelancing space and find individuals that will slap together a website for you. So you have something, but be careful, because, again, if that going back to that plastic surgeon whose website is kind of trashy, it, it if if somebody goes if, if it's not done right, you're going to not get the results that you desire. So I would suggest to people that they save their dollars. They look at this as an investment. They they frame that in their mind appropriately. Uh, and when they go to make that leap, right, that they uh, set things up appropriately, work with a firm that has experience with syndicators that knows how to brand for you. And then what's cool about a firm like us, like we can walk before we run, right? We can just build the website, right? We don't have to do your social media and your podcast and all this stuff. So we can find a price point that's comfortable for you uh, and then be able to, you know, appropriately tell you, say, okay, for, th- for that uh, amount of investment, we can get you this and get you started off on the right foot. So it doesn't make sense to, when you ultimately build and rebuild, it costs you more money, right? So, uh, so you know, why, why reinvent the wheel twice when you can just do it right uh, the first time? So <laughs> that's, my, that's my thoughts on that. It, you know, something that I do want to ask though, is like, let's say someone is, you know, like, like you said, they are trying to get their first deal down and, you know, get their name on their first deal. I mean, would you prefer that they really just try and hold off until they get that first deal or, or I guess it's like kind of the chicken and the egg, right? Like either way is okay. And I guess I'm answering my own question here. Because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, you can go. You, you're right, man. I mean, the, the argument can be made either way. We have syndicators that we've developed websites for, but they had no portfolio, right? Mm. So whether that's the chicken or the egg in that scenario, it we, we've done that. And rather than using their portfolio to uh, express to the potential consumer or investor that, like, hey, look what I've done. Here's my IRR, cap rates, all that stuff, our statistics. We use industry statistics to articulate what you can expect from the real estate industry and how it's performing in multifamily as our portfolio. We just talk about the industry in general. We present it in a fashion that is easily consumable and acts in lieu of a portfolio. And then we recommend with that client, we do a lot more video on their website as a way to engage with the customer because you don't have a portfolio or a track record yet. And that, and that that's, that's a great one. But to do it the other way around, Certainly helpful to have a portfolio and 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 uh, a couple projects under your belt. That does make it easier for sure. But now we can do you, both. Got it. Now with the person without the portfolio, I'm curious because I mean something that something that I've always heard of, and I guess this is why I'm like super hyper transparent about like how I don't have a portfolio and I don't have any experience. Like, have you ever come across? like other marketers? Cause I know trust is like a, a huge thing when it comes to, when it comes to marketing themselves, have you come across the people like kind of posing? Like, do you think it's bad to, to act as if you know something a little bit more so than you don't, but you still have like this really good marketing platform? What's your take on that? So if I understand your question, is it like, is it, is it, 
or advisable for people to sort of talk out of uh, talk like like they know more about it or have more experience than they than they really do. Right. Yes. Right. That is the way I'm trying to to frame it. Okay. So <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, I forget the movie. I think it was Boiler Room where they talk. Yeah. They were selling <laughs> stocks and they were talking. It's called Act. Act as if, right? Yeah. You know, act, act as, as if, if you know yeah. you are the, you are the man, and you do this all day, every day. And the reality is, I, I'm going to put a different spin on that. I think what separates a lot of people from being successful and not successful, and being able to develop trust, is passion. Right? The way in which you talk, the way in which you deliver your information, the way in which you follow up and follow through. So while you may, an individual or syndicator, may not know a lot about it, they when they speak about something, I certainly want to advocate for saying, oh, I've got 50 you know, units over here, like being dishonest, but I would be, I think honesty, but with passion and excitement that is delivered and the knowledge that you have is delivered will get you a long way. Because I think a lot of people make a decision on whether or not they're going to work with you at, in any business based off if they feel that person's a good person, right? It comes back to trust, Right. So if we're establishing that trust rate from the get-go and you're and you you're honest with people, but you say, you know, for a new syndicator, you say, Hey, I, I don't have a portfolio, but I will work harder than anybody out there when it comes to turning, you know, uh, your dollars into more on this first deal, right? If if you deliver with passion, you deliver with trust, you deliver with honesty, I, I think you can you can do real well. And and that passion comes across as that it's a little bit different than the movie, but that act as if, right? You're, it's confidence, right? It's passion, it's confidence. And, and that's what people want to see. If you're talking to someone, they're like, yeah, you know, I haven't really been doing this that long. And I, I don't know, I, I could make you some money. Then there's obviously less confidence in that individual and that, that approach, right? <laughs> Versus like, hey, listen, I may not know everything today, but I will learn and I will figure it out. And with this deal, you know, we're going to do well on it. I think for those new folks, it's have the confidence that that in the day of information, like ignorance is a choice, right? I mean, there's so much information you can get if you don't know it, right? Like you said, if I don't know everything about it, that's fine. I didn't know how to walk at one point. I figured it out, right? So right. same thing. Everyone, everything that you know, you didn't know at one point. So uh, and letting people understand that you'll that you're learning and, and you'll get there, I think is important. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it, it does. It most definitely does. And um, I love the the boiler room act as if analogy, just because, you know, when you speak about it, and you can you can tell when someone's really passionate about something. And, you know, it all goes to show is that does bring out trust within the person that you're talking it's to. It's contagious, right? Yeah. It's, it's the, the excitement in their voice. Uh, the voice inflection is contagious. I mean, that's that's when you talk to somebody that you got to reach over the table, see if they got a pulse. Like you're like, you know, it's 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 different. Yeah, no, absolutely. Passion is everything. Passion is everything. I do have one other question. I know we are like one minute over time, but do you mind if I ask just? Oh, of course. Yeah, we're good. Okay, I do absolutely. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So now, because I, I do want to switch this over in case we do have experience indicators uh, listening to this now. For these experienced syndicators, what are some of the platforms and what should they be doing right now in order to make sure that they're getting their name out? So for experience, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, like, you know, let's say they have a website already, or, you know, maybe you know, the the basics, the 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 basics of, of social media. So if a syndicator that's experienced is is naturally doing all the right things, they're likely getting the results that they want. 
So if a syndicator knocks on our door that's experienced and is looking for the advice of a marketing firm, what we typically do is, and we get this all the time, we get syndicators are like, hey, I already have a website. Hey, I already have a, a thought leadership platform. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure how much you can help. So what we do is, is a lot of syndicators have followed the, the program, we'll call it, right? They followed the basics, what they read in a marketing book and what to do. They made a website. They developed social media and they built a, they built a, you know, a, a thought leadership platform. The problem is the website's designed poorly, social media, no one's looking at it and no one's listening to their, to their podcast. So what we do is we can go in a situation like that and we can audit it, right? And get a real good idea and understanding of, okay, you have the ingredients, right? Right. You have all the pieces. It's just the execution that maybe uh, we can help you with and make an impact. So, um, you know, for those who are out there that have a website, this kind of goes back to the plastic surgeon. Okay, let's run an audit on it. How well is it optimized for SEO? How well is it performing, moving? How fast is it, right? Does it have all these elements in terms of video and structure and organization? And is it designed in the way that the eye moves and reads and does use colors that are more favorable to your industry? Things like that. So Mm. for... It, it it's a good practice to even if we're doing well, you know, if I'm a you know even the most elite runners in the world, they still have coaches, right? They still have individuals that they lean on, even though they're winning gold medals and at the top of their game. There's always a way to improve. So for the experienced indicators that have some of the basic elements, they have the ingredients for that cake, but they're just not getting the the tasty dessert that they hope when they pull it out of the oven, that's where we can sort of help, right? Like maybe a little less flour or another egg, whatever the case may be, to sort of tweak and change the game. Because the reality is it's always changing. And depending on what asset class you're raising for and depending on um, where you are in the life cycle of a syndicator, are you actively raising, are you not actively raising, we can help get you set up for that. So it's, uh, it's, it, it, there, there isn't anything in particular I could really ex- address to that question because it's so dependent on where that individual is. So my answer mm-hmm. to the question is we got to audit it and then we've got to adjust it because a lot of people think they're doing it right, but they're like, it's not working. I'm like, okay, well, let's take a look at it. And, you know, that's what I love about it, too, is that, you know, you take the time to really look and and dive into the situation that the syndicator is going through. And it's like, you know, maybe they're not optimizing. Maybe they're they're using a Facebook strategy on LinkedIn, whereas like those are two completely different tools and they're trying to make it work. But it's it's not because I, I feel like there's definitely different algorithms uh, when it comes to trying to get in front of other people. So with that being said, then, and if you do want to to learn more from Derek, whether you're experienced, whether you're not, I highly recommend you reach out to him. Now, how can they reach out to you again? Uh, yeah, so they can go to, they can Google Adapt Media Agency. Make sure you put in the word agency because there is an Adapt Media out there. They're out of Canada. Um, not that good. And, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good. <laughs> and uh, they, well, they don't work with syndicators, but there is a, uh, and then you can just go to uh, adaptmediaagency.com. Facebook and Instagram, just put in Adapt Media Agency, or you can email me directly as Derek, D-E-R-E-K at adaptmediaagency.com and I'll get right back with you. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you so much for for coming on to the show again, Derek. I've learned learned so much and I just... 
it, it was inspiring. It's it's inspiring and it gives me just a, a little bit more of a push as I am continuing on to this journey. So honestly, I'm I'm so grateful that Randy put us together and and for this show to happen. So thank you. I appreciate your time, Taylor. As it's, it's been a blessing to speak with you and your your community, and look forward to doing it again. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.